This is Kristen Hedgecock. And I'm Ash Matson. You're listening to Apta Sophia, which means useful wisdom in the pursuit of biblical womanhood. Welcome to Apta Sophia. My name is Ash Matson. I'm here with Kristen Hedgecock. Hello. Hey. Hey, this, friend. This is the first time we've ever recorded with headphones on. Yep. And it makes me feel like I'm drunk or something. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like when yeah. you're slur. Like, no, okay, I actually, been, never mind. Nope, I don't know. <laughs> it's been a long time since that was my reality. <laughs> However, it is very weird to hear double voice. It is. It makes me feel like I'm slurring. Yeah. And you can hear your S's, so I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I know. My goodness. Okay. No, it's good. I like it. But this is more professional. This is so what we're, we're supposed to be doing. By our producer slash sound person. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, hi. It's yeah. been a while. Had a baby. Yep. We have a new co-host. Yeah. You heard him in the beginning. Felix mm-hmm. is here. So this is the third Sophia baby. <laughs> All by Ash. <laughs> since, <laughs> since we started. I have contributed zero children to the Sophia baby. Legacy. Yeah. The baby legacy. Okay. I've Are had my children on, I guess. Does that count? Yes. I've had Knox on. We have some of the best fans in your family as yes. far as like none of my kids listen to our podcast or know yeah. really what I'm doing. Yeah, like, we What's have a like podcast? a thousand downloads and 999 of them are from Knox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're back. Um, we have a really great, so every time we record, Kristen picks an episode topic and she kind of does all of the study on her end and then I pick one. And we're kind of blind to the other person's yeah. uh, musings until it happens. So yeah, uh, we're going to do Kristen's episode. But before we do that, we're going to do the most important thing we do in any episode. And that is our would you rather question. And our would you rather question for this episode is... Uh, if you had to decide, would you opt for a lifetime of adventure and unpredictability or a life of stability and predictability? Hmm. I think this is a defining thing personality-wise. Yeah. Are you a I think spontaneous we should guess person? what the other would answer. Yeah. What do you think mine is? Predictability. 100%. Yeah. I don't like surprises. Yeah. I mean, I do, but if it's my life, I'm way too planny. I just, I need to plan. Yeah. And I'm, I love the idea of being a, glo- a go-with-the-flow person, but... I just am not as much as I would love to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think mine is? I think you would be predictability too. Yeah. 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 I I think I could pass as a fly by the seat of your pants person <laughs> just because I'm usually like frantically running after the ball that's ahead of me. <laughs> Yeah. But I want to know where the ball's going and when right. it's going to get there. Yeah. I yep. yeah. So when somebody somebody texts you and says like, "Hey, you want to get coffee this afternoon?" Are you like, "Ah!" No, it's not that. It's like um like I don't mind doing last minute things at all. But like for example, we're trying to play on some summer trips with people. Mm-hmm. And Oh my god! Oh, Sorry. <laughs> it's so hard. Like, I like I want to book our trips. I want to know where we're going. I want to know the itinerary. I want to be able to plan all that now. Mm-hmm. And like, they just aren't quite 
have the same sense of urgency that I do or that my husband and I do. And so, you know, I just want to know. And it's December and we're planning all of our next year, summer, next summer's trips. So, you know, six months, six, seven, eight months ahead of time. That's where I am. And I'm already starting to plan next year's fall homeschool. So, and I do that every year. Yeah. (laughs) You have a good system for planning. I do. I try to fit it in where I have break, just natural breaks Mm -hmm. in my schedule. And I think that's how I'm able to do the quantity of stuff that I'm able to do just by being strategic. Right. You know, I wouldn't be able to homeschool and lead a co-op and work a few shifts outside of the home and, you know, be on certain councils if I didn't have a good system in place and plan way ahead of time. So, um, yeah, I was uh, listening to a podcast, um, uh, Bright Hearth, and Brian and Lexi Suve like mentioned something like this um, about just productivity in the yeah, home and I just how episode. far in advance they have to plan. Like it seems like they're doing so mm-hmm. much all the time, but it's really because like they they plod along. Like they do stuff when they can, small amounts consistently, like, but years in advance. Like Brian was saying how like the record he just released. Right. Um, like he started two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. And so like, yeah. And he's been releasing lots of them this past year, um, just different albums. And so, like, we all see that, oh, my gosh, he, how can he possibly release, yeah, we like, think he's just three albums it, like, in, you know, this in 2023 when it's right. something that he's really worked long in small increments at. And I think that's something that, um, you know, people miss kind of the behind the scenes. And, like, <laughs> I was chatting with somebody because they were asking me, like, oh, what have, what have you been up to? So I was just telling them. You know, oh, yeah, I've been really busy with this and that and this and that. And she's like, I think you have more than 24 hours in a day. Right. (laughs) Like, it does seem like that. But really, it's because I start projects like a year in advance Mm -hmm. if I know about them. And I start working on them in like small little spurts and increments throughout the year. Yeah. Yeah. I aspire to that. I think that's. (laughs) You'll get there someday. I'm getting better at being prepared at least a day in advance. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> for a lot of things. And yeah. I I feel like for a while there with homeschooling, I was tossed about so much mm. because there are so many good philosophies oh, and there are yeah. so many good rhythms and routines and curriculums and ideas. And I am an idealist to a fault in the sense mm-hmm. that it keeps me from doing things. Because mm-hmm. I am... If you can't do it perfectly, then you just right. can't do or you won't do it until you can do it 100% or right. ideally yeah or i never follow through long term on anything because i'm like this is the ideal so i'm going to start going here and then i hear something else that sounds good oh yeah and because in my mind i'm like well there has to be a one right way right i'm like well this is clearly it well this right. is clearly it when in many things in life um 
there are a lot of good ways to do things and you just have to do stuff. Right. Yeah. I was, uh, I, I think it was like, we have uh, dear friends in the church, the Zions, um, and their kids are amazing. And I, and they listen to the podcast stories or soul food. And we were mm-hmm. at the women's retreat and uh, one of their daughters was talking to another girl in our church about uh, writing a novel because they were both like, we. it's just so cool to see like older girls mm-hmm. kind of talking about what they're working on and stuff and giving each other advice. And I'm like listening in and she was talking about how important it is uh, to just write and to not try to make it perfect the first time. Like you just get mm-hmm. in there and start doing it. And I think she was kind of going off of what she had heard on the podcast. Yeah. And, and I was like listening to these two teenagers talk about it. And I'm like, I've wanted to write a novel for so long and I just can't even get started. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, but I think it's that principle applies to so many things. Like you just have to do stuff. Yeah. You, and yeah, I love that about the Jankovic or uh, sorry, Rachel Jankovic too. And Becca and what have you, where they talk about like, you just have to be willing to be bad at something so you can get good at it. Like you just right. got to, or like when she's talking about in loving the little years, like just the tree doesn't care like what happens to the fruit. It's just like producing, right? Letting it fall to the ground, and who cares if it rots mm-hmm. or whatever. But yeah, the like um, and the plotting too really helps in housework. If you feel like you are always being torn in a million different directions with little kids, just setting mm-hmm. a timer for five minutes. Because it's tempting to think, like, I don't have time. But if you have five minutes, you can get a lot done. Like, take a picture of the space before you start. And then take a picture after you work quickly mm-hmm. for five minutes. And it's crazy. Yeah. Like I how, started yeah. doing that with my boys. So this year I made – so my oldest is 14. And then I have a 12 and a 9 and a 7-year-old girl. My youngest is a girl. And so I expanded their chore list this school year. Mm-hmm. So every school year, we I create a chore chart, and they just learn, like, a couple of chores really, really well to help around the house. Mm-hmm. And so then they have that chore all year long. And then I create a different chore chart, like, you know, every year, right? Yeah. Just rearrange things so that they good anyway um so my boys (laughs) they're very similar to me they're kind of an all or nothing like if I can't do this chore all of it all at once then I don't want to do it at all Mm -hmm. and so I started using the timer like for dishes because I'm like it really isn't going to take you that long to do dishes and I'm like I'm going to set the timer for 15 minutes and let's just see how far you can get the kitchen clean. And they're almost always done yeah. cleaning up the kitchen before the timer runs out. So, um, yeah, so I feel like that is really helpful um, Yeah, just to kind of like beat the timer. And then it's, I wouldn't say it's a fun game, but it's at least something to try to beat with unmoded teenagers and teenagers right (laughs) it helps in homeschooling too because it's tempting to be all or nothing and I feel like a lot of us have that mentality where you're like it's kind of like the diet mentality where you're like oh well I fudged on my diet today so I'm gonna start again Monday right and you can do that with homeschooling where you're like well this week is a sham it's like already Wednesday and I feel like we haven't done hardly anything right and I'm trying to remind myself, like, just set the timer for 10 minutes and have them do some copy work. And that mm-hmm. matters. Like, that counts for something. Yeah. 
like do just have them read aloud for five minutes if that's all you can do. At least you're doing something. Right. Yeah. When it's tempting to be like all or nothing. And we got way in the weeds on this question. I'm we sorry. Sure did. <laughs> I have been cooped up in my house without a lot of like adult conversation. I know I've had my husband here, so I've had adult conversation to like the but point where I'm probably really spoiled. When but- you're having adult conversation in like still taking care of six children during the day. Like it's not really, I mean, it's adult conversation. I don't want to like Ryan doesn't count being here, but also you both are taking care of the house and five kids and various projects, you know, and we're not talking about this. (laughs) You're not talking about this kind of stuff. (laughs) We're generally talking about the projects and the kids and stuff. Yeah. He's been home for, it'll be five weeks on Wednesday. <clears throat> it's still recording, I think. Babe, what? is oh. it still recording if the um, TV turns off? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, but Felix is a month old as of two days ago. Which I can't believe it. Yeah. That month just been, went by so fast. Yeah, and I've actually, this time, I feel like in the past, I've really pushed myself to get out earlier, and this time I haven't, and I think yeah. that's good. This transition hasn't been rougher, but it's felt more, like, real, you Uh know, where it's felt like, okay, something really big has happened, (laughs) and it's going to take some adjusting, and I was, yeah, so. Well, and also you have, like, more little people to help along in that adjustment, you know? Yeah. So, like, yeah, you have a lot of little people that you're also like juggling and managing and adjusting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. My three youngest are closer together than my three oldest. So I feel like. So that, I think that make, that would, I would think would make a big difference. Yeah. It's definitely Mm -hmm. felt like, I feel like I went into this thinking, okay, this is going to be cake. I know what I'm doing. You know, like I probably don't need Ryan here that long, but it'll be nice to have him here. And like the meal train's nice, but you know, yeah. like I'm going to try to jump, get it back on my feet. And this time I feel like having Ryan here and having the meal train, I've been like, man, I'm so grateful for it. Cause I feel like I haven't been like floundering, but I've been, it's just taken a lot longer. Well, yeah. Especially when people forget to bring a meal. Oh girl. <laughs> <laughs> so I had signed up to bring a meal for Ash in like the day before I said like, Hey, I'm going to see you tomorrow. I'm going to bring a, a dinner for you. Blah, 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 blah. And then she texts me the next day at like 5.40 and she's like, hey girl, like just want to know what time you're going to stop by for dinner. Yeah, I was like, I just want to make sure I hear you because it was chaos in here. Yeah, no, it was, I, again, one of these all or nothing (gasps) things. See, I should have set a timer. I got way deep in the weeds in my holiday organization slash decorating slash purging broken ornaments and like seriously like the last time I looked at the clock it was like 2 40 and I'm like great I'll have an hour to like get some of this stuff done and then the next thing I know it's 5 40 and Ash is calling me and I'm like I hadn't even made dinner for my own family and my husband and I were going out like at six yeah and they were going to a play that <laughs> night too so <laughs> I was like I failed you I got failed in like a miserably. Christmas trance I you were- really did I really did. I just zone. do not even know what happened to those hours at all. Nope. Yeah, it goes fast. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I definitely, going back to our would you rather. Yeah. I definitely prefer predictability, and I get wigged out if people ask me to do things last minute. Do you really? Well, do, I can, yeah. like, there's a certain amount of 
planning, especially now, that you have to do and that you have to prepare for and that you have to be like 10 steps ahead of the game because you have like a lot of little little's. Yeah, Yeah, it's not like where if people ask me to do stuff last minute, like my kids are old enough to where I can leave them at home for an hour or two and it isn't that big of a deal. Right. Or even if I need to bring them, you know, even if it's a last minute, like little field trip or something, it's like not a problem at all. Like I don't have to worry about naps. I don't have to worry about diapers. I don't have to worry about snacks. Like it's way different. Yeah. Any last minute invitation to anything, especially with kids is an automatic no, because (laughs) I need to have, I need to start getting them ready an hour and a half before we have to leave. If it's going to be peaceful. Yeah. Or it's chaotic. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and yeah, and then I generally like have to arrange so far in advance to get out by myself. And so I think I'd get panicked because I really want to go, but I can't. And then I feel guilty for not being able to. So mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm so- but I'm sorry. I, re- I wish I could. Uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But for now, maybe it'll change. But anyways, go to our Facebook or Instagram and weigh in. And uh, we're going to dive into our topic. So Kristen, what was the topic that you chose for our episode. Yeah, the topic that I chose is um, a concept that Luther drew out and talked about, which is um, our vocation and um, our ministry. And he's specifically coined this term that we are masks of God. And this came into my head because I, um, I do a little bit of work with my alma mater, and um, I had given a speech uh, to the nursing, uh, the new nursing students who were going into nursing school, and then for um, a faith integration project that they were doing, um, some of the or one of the students um, uh, interviewed me as a Christian, you know, just as a Christian nurse, and listed questions. Um, for me to answer. And so we spent a couple hours at a coffee shop just chatting about what it meant to be um, a Christian working in um, specifically the nursing field. And it was interesting because a lot of her questions were like, what have you done with your nursing degree that is like ministerial? Like, have you ever gone on a missions, like a medical missions trip and stuff? And I'm just like, I'm boring. Like I work a few shifts a month. I have never gone on a medical missions trip. Like, you know, in essence, she was like, have I ever used nursing for God? You know, like as if like um, not just working at a local hospital or whatever was not ministry and only right. doing overseas working with the church right. was ministry. Which is such a common Which like, is very common. Yeah. yeah, it's a very common misconception. So, um, so I, my husband gave a speech a long time ago to um, a group of like business people and um, had, so I knew a little bit about this topic, but I had never like done a deep Because he spoke on this topic, yeah, yeah, about vocation and what it was, and um, and then one of the books that I'm reading with my high schoolers this year is um, Popes and Feminists, and it dives deep into the Reformation era era and what the Catholic Church believed about marriage and about families and specifically about women versus what 
um, of people in the Reformation was advocating for. Um, and so, like, you know, basically the only holy work that you could do is work within the church. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of that um, in modern evangel- um, uh, evan- not evangelism, but evangelical churches today um, is that your you you have your calling and that's only associated with the church and you can do other things like be a stay-at-home mom or be a nurse but if it isn't in a like ministerial context like how how they think it is then it's just kind of like second class or it's not as holy or it's not really God's work and so um Martin Luther actually like draws this concept out specifically um in psalms 147 in his like commentary in his, on it. yeah he wrote a commentary um on that psalm and um just really kind of smashes any concepts that um the catholic church was trying to say about if you want to be holy and you want to grow up to live holy then you need to forsake your family you need to forsake any marriage and devote yourself to ministry and become, you know, a priest or, you know, a, whatever. So Join everything else is worldly and everything lesser, else is worldly. Like, yeah. If yeah. you cannot um, restrain, your, restrain passions. your passions, then you get married. And then if you have like kids you can only have like a couple kids but if you have a large family like you're just breeding and it's I love popes and feminists because it's there's a lot of parallelism between like the catholic church and modern day culture and how they view the christian family and so um because modern catholicism maybe not modern but maybe a few decades ago they they were large family oriented, weren't they? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think in that aspects, um, Protestantism has kind of influenced the Catholic Church in that mm-hmm. area. Um, but there's still like, I mean, that's just what you were expected to do if you were like super holy is you, you know, joined a convent and you like marry Jesus. Because that's also like the only time you would be intimate with your spouse would be to produce a child intentionally, Correct. right? So yeah. they're like, if you have a million children, like right. you must be. You just... must be burning a lot. <laughs> <laughs> burning with passion. Oy. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So. <clears throat> that's kind of the history and the background of that. And um, just looking at my notes here. Um, do you have the quote from Luther? Yes, I do. I would do. love to hear it. Yeah, so he... Um, just finding where... Um, oh, so he also, Martin Luther also makes the point that... Um, you know, we are given, we are all given a calling. We are all given a job. Um, and then he says, uh, he brings up 1 Corinthians seven seventeen, that states, only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. This is my rule in all the churches. And that's 1 Corinthians seven seventeen. Um, so he was encouraging people not to flee wifehood, husbandhood, or being a baker or a soldier or whatever, but because God has assigned this work, 
that this work is ministry. This work is honorable work, and we shouldn't flee it. We should be content with what God has assigned our calling to be. So um, he also leads uh, with Matthew 25, which says, um, oh, I didn't put the verse. I think it's, oh, 34, Matthew 25, 34. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you for the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food and I was thirsty and you gave me drink and I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me clothed me, and I was sick, and you visited me, and I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did you see a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it uh, to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did unto me." And so it's through the service of everyday life that God is at work through the doctors and teachers and husbands and wives and mothers and fathers, police officers and postal workers, that God works through all of these means and all of these callings to accomplish his, to accomplish his purpose. Um, he is veiled by and works through those who serve our neighbor. Um, his quote specifically is, whoop, it's down here. Do, 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 do. So he says, these are the masks of God behind which he wants to remain concealed and do all things. So back to the Matthew 25, that when we visit people in prison, when we feed anybody, when we give anybody anything to drink, that those people, that God is behind all of those people. So those people are a mask of God. So when we serve those people, we actually serve God. Like they act as a veil between us and him. And so I just thought that was really cool. And then we ourselves are a veil um, to those people. So God works not only um, through our works to other people, but um, yeah, it, it works both ways. Like we are the mask of God, but then those people we serve are also masks of God. So he, yeah, is in every good act right. that we can do and that is in, in who we are serving. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I just, I really like that because it really gives perspective to where you might be at in life. And this was my encouragement to the nursing student um, who actually, you know, told me that she was really conflicted because she's um, just got married and um, she didn't know how her nursing degree kind of fit into being a wife and how being a nurse fit into being a wife because she wants to do God's calling, which of course in her mind was separate Mm-hmm. from being a wife. And I said, no, God has actually called you. Like being a wife is a calling. Right. And, you know, we need to rightly order our callings. We can have many callings. Um, you can be a, a wife and then you can be a, a mother. But we have to make sure that we rightly order those things. We can't place motherhood above being a wife. Um, we can have a calling as a nurse, but we can't place 
um, the calling of a nurse above our calling as a wife and a mother. You know, yeah. like we can't ignore, we, ha- we have to rightly order those, those things. Can I jump in real quick? Sure. Just to clarify, when we say calling, we're not talking about you are an unmarried woman with no prospects and you sure. feel like the Lord has supernaturally spoken to you and told you that your calling <laughs> is to be a wife. Because a lot of people in yeah. the evangelical church do yeah. function that way. Yes. We're saying your calling is literally wherever you wherever are God and whatever God's word says you. your duty is in that right. place. Yes. So if you are a wife, that is what God has called you to. Right. Because you're there. Right. And God's word says, now that you're here, this is what you do. If mm-hmm. you're a mother, then God has said, this is your calling. If mm-hmm. you are a nurse, it's not quite as like woo-woo as... Right people make it. I right. mean, if you want to be a nurse and you're drawn to that and it is like wise and and you can afford the education and mm-hmm. and it's a good option for your family, like go learn to be a nurse. Right. So yeah, Martin yeah. Luther would argue um, that God chooses your calling in the sense of he puts you wherever he wants you and that is your calling. Like yeah. it's not like, oh, I want to be um, an astronaut, and I think God is calling me to be an astronaut. Now, he may. I don't know. But, like, at least for now, no, you're just a student, and mm-hmm. God has called you to work hard being a student, being a 12-year-old or being a, you know, whatever, and you're going to work hard and do all the things that you need to do as a student. So these, this is the kind of pep talk that I give to my kids when they kind of um, <clears throat> don't aren't inspired to do their schoolwork as much as I would like them to be. And and I tell them, God has called you. You are 12. You are 14. You are nine. And as a nine and a 12 and a 14-year-old, God has called you to be a student. God has called you to be a student of science. He's called you to be a student of history. He's called you to be a student of his word. He's called you to be a, uh, he's called you to obey and honor your mom and dad. And you need to honor me in, in doing this. And you need to serve the Lord by, or, you know, serves, serve me in doing these things. And in so you are serving, serving the Lord. Lord. Yeah. yeah. So no matter where it, it doesn't, I mean, it does matter what you want to be, but let's just focus on the here and now. Mm-hmm. And then in God's providence, he will guide and direct and open things, but just be faithful for what you're doing now. Yeah. So it isn't like this woo woo um, prophetic, like right. feeling. It's where has God placed you in your life now, and what can you do in the moment, in the present day, to be faithful to where He's called you to be. Yeah, yeah. and it's great to have ambitions and to want. Oh, absolutely. To do. You want to be an astronaut? That's great. But if you come to me and tell me that the Lord gave you a dream about it, I'm going to say, "We'll see." Mm-hmm. I'll believe it when you're in a rocket ship. <laughs> <laughs> And SpaceX. I hope you get there. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. Not to me. I'm afraid of space, but you enjoy right. your time. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I like that. And so this nursing student walked away really encouraged because she really did not know how to, um, she was really torn because she felt like if she leaned into wifehood, that she was ignoring the calling that God of being a nurse, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, no, like you are doing exactly what God has wanted you to do. And being a good, faithful, supportive wife is 100% what God would want you to do and what he's called you to do first. 
Yeah, your nursing has yeah. to fall underneath that duty right. as part of it. Right. Even when you're nursing, you're doing mm-hmm. that in a ser- as a service to your family, right. as right. a service to your and husband. I said you're, and, yeah, I said you're, yeah. you don't want to make your career everything that everybody else serves. I go, the way that we and our family has ordered my career outside of the home is that it works to serve my husband it works to serve our house, but my house and my husband and my, you know, my kids come first. Right. I don't ever want them to regret me being a nurse or working outside or despise that. And the second they do, then I need to like get rid of that thing. That is not right. what God would, would want. Yeah, and people say that's the, like, it's part <clears throat> of the idolatry of the family. But in re- in yeah. reality, scripture is very clear that you have duties and responsibilities to specific people in your life. Yeah. Your husband, your father, your mother, mm-hmm. your children, your church. And there's nowhere in scripture that says you need to be a nurse. Right. You have a duty to be a nurse. Right. You have a duty to love your neighbor, but what that looks like is going to be different depending mm-hmm. on your circumstances. And so it's not idolatry of the family. It is honoring the duty and taking that seriously that you mm-hmm. have to these specific people because that's what God's going to hold you accountable for. Right. He's not going to hold you accountable for not going to nursing school. Right. He's going to hold you accountable for not being there for your children when you were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I think it's interesting because this whole, like, the separation between the sacred and the secular or yeah. the mm-hmm. worldly and the holy as far as vocation goes is a huge part of why modern evangelical women feel slighted when somebody says no scripture says that the pastoral office and the office of elder is for men only because mm-hmm. they feel like they're being kept from something sacred sacred and like that Special. that actually makes them impactful in the kingdom and they're right. like how dare you say that only men can have holy they're like mm-hmm. you don't think that we're um spiritual enough or you don't think that the lord works through women or actually yeah we just yeah. don't think that that's the only way that he works through anybody mm-hmm. yeah but um <sighs> grateful to be a little di- more distanced from that circle <laughs> i don't make people quite so cranky <laughs> as i once did <laughs> um i uh, appreciate your quote from luther Mm -hmm. And uh, we've talked a lot in the past about, you know, doing everything as unto the Lord and how, how like rooting and grounding that is when things are hard Mm -hmm. and when those people are not looking like masks of God. Because what we're not saying is that you look at them and they are always imaging God correctly. They're only, they're only, um, acting on behalf of the Lord towards you in as much as they're conforming to his law and right. his, his nature mm-hmm. um, and vice versa. Right. And it isn't so much about like, what are the other people doing and what are they imaging and how are they acting? Um, Martin Luther um, highlights in verse 13 in Psalm 147, um, which says, he strengthens the bars of your gate. And so Luther argues that God works through the very acts of people. Mm-hmm. Like he worked through the blacksmith's work who created the iron bars at the gate. Like yeah. 
we have to do the work. We just have to do ordinary things. And then he takes the ordinary and makes it extraordinary. Right. You know, he multiplies the bread and the fish, right? He takes something that was ordinary and then magnifies it. Um, And so, I mean, that's just such a cool concept because it doesn't matter like how little you think that you have given to your children that day or your husband or your employer or whatever. If you've, dedicated it and consecrated it to the Lord. He he's the one who makes it powerful. You know, it isn't just solely based on 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 you, you know. Yeah. Yep. And it's it's such a cool thing to think about the Lord interacting with you through other people mm-hmm. or even through like just the common graces or ordinary things like when you're talking about somebody fashioning something that makes someone else's life easier or more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Or, like, kind of, like, I don't want to say reverses the curse, but does something to ease the pain of the curse right? for someone um, to make their labor easier, to make, you know, what, Or just any to of even things. go farther. Like, you just think of, like, how many times, I mean, I know I've had it in my life. I know you've seen it in your life how, like, our husbands both work hard. And there have been lean times in both of our lives where we're just like, I don't know where you know, we need X amount of money or we need X amount of groceries and like God just blesses it. And we can't like, I know there've been times I'm like, none of this math makes sense. Like, how do I have like (laughs) this bread and loaves and then it's fed a crowd, you know, a stadium. I mean, Mm -hmm. not really a stadium, but you know, my six kids, my growing teenagers. And like, I don't know, there, there is something cool about, um, Knowing that whatever little thing you can muster for that day, God is going to amplify to his glory. Because you know Mm -hmm. you didn't do that. And it's all worth something even if you don't see the effect of it or the fruit from it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was a new believer that I was really frustrated because I was kind of like seeking this experiential Christianity. Mm -hmm. You know, Um I think a lot of people start there and you're like, well, why can't I hear God talk to me? Why can't something supernatural happen? Mm -hmm. My husband's (laughs) trying to find his phone. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Um, You're going to have to do it again, huh? You couldn't, it wasn't enough of a little hint. Um, And I, I remember telling my pastor's wife at the time, uh, that I wish, I was like, I wish I could just hug Christ. Like, I wish there was some, like, I feel like I have so much feeling, but I can't express it. I can't mm-hmm. talk to God. I can't, I mean, there's prayer, but there's no response and all those things. And and it's like thinking about it this way and realizing that everything that happens, every time your kid runs up to you and throws their arms around you, or every, every time your husband brings you a cup of coffee when you, we're thinking about how bad you wanted one, but you didn't say it out loud or, you know, all those little things Mm -hmm. are God interacting with you and it makes it experiential in a way that we're looking for and hungering for, but we're looking for this like really supernatural thing instead Mm -hmm. of like looking at all. And and it's so in keeping with everything that, that scripture says about the way that God works because he uses the foolish things to confound the wise. And it's always the things that you're not expecting that God is seen in. Mm-hmm. When you're actually able to look at it, burger. burger. 
Oh, no, I'm good, thanks. There you go, buddy. He just puked all over my pants. That's good. We're just, this is just my life now. Just, just not my husband. My husband did not puke yeah. on my pants. He's going to go get me food because I actually like was able to prep for the Lord's Day tomorrow and prep our lunch to be ready when we get home from church and prep breakfast for the kids and stuff. But I did not have time to make me and Ryan dinner. I just made the kids like pizza toast. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but uh, my my son is very pukey right now. He's in that one month. Like, you know, like growing his stomach is getting bigger. Yeah, and he wants to nurse way more than he can. up more during that, like, yeah, four to six yeah, yeah, week yeah. kind of. Yeah, I think I got my thought out, though. Yeah. It's so cool when you slow down and think about it like that. Because it's like, even when you put your head on your pillow... I love that when I go to bed at night and I'm like, God is holding my pillow together because it's made of all these molecules and atoms and like tiny little particles that I can't even see that aren't even like really touching each other. Mm -hmm. And it like, (laughs) it just blows my mind. I'm like, thank you for holding the pillow together so I can lay my head on it. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Well, I think the coolest concept, and I know we've talked about it on previous episodes, Um, that really is convicting for me. Like when in Matthew 25, when it was like, when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. And just when somebody is in need and you fulfill that need, you are serving them, but you're serving Christ. And I think of like how many times my children, because I can kind of be a no fun mom a lot of the times. (laughs) You're a fun mom. I see you. I really mom. try. I really have to work hard. Don't worry, Kristen. You're a fun mom. Don't let anybody tell you anything different. <laughs> um, you know, but when they're like, hey, I want to, you know, can you make me, you know, whatever it is. Can you make me scrambled eggs? I like your scrambled eggs. I don't want to make my scrambled eggs. Can you, you know, make me a yummy protein shake? Because I have a 14-year-old who, like, loses weight. He's like, I need gains. Oh, my <laughs> gosh, he up. does. He <laughs> has lost so much weight because he was in football, so he lost, like, six pounds, and he's, a like, a little spindly thing already. <laughs> <laughs> and, I don't think he's spindly. Well, uh, he's very— He's in the awkward teen phase Yeah, he's, he's very muscular. Up. He's tall and thin, and then he played football, and he lost weight, and now he's in basketball, and he's just like, so here I am. It was just so funny, because here, he, I made him, like, this giant, like, cookie sheet tray of, like, chicken nuggets and french fries and, like, carrot sticks, and um, I made him a protein shake on top of that. And he's still hungry. He's and like, then here I am, my first meal of the day. I also had a protein shake, but that was my only thing that I had, like, consumed that day, uh-huh. because I'm finding all of the weight that he has lost. <laughs> He dropped it and you picked it up. Yeah, exactly. Um, But anyway, that was just like so convicting to me when um, just when I I don't know who had pointed it out, but some maybe it was um, Rachel or Becca. I don't know. Somebody. Probably. Yeah, probably. When there's like when you go and feed your kids. Yeah. X, Mm -hmm. Y, and Z when you go and tend to their needs, like, would you tell Christ no if he's like, hey, I'm hungry, can you make me some mac and cheese? Like, no, you you wouldn't. And I'm not saying that my children are little gods, <laughs> but like, but like he does say, when you do this to them, you do this to me. Yeah. You know, and so that- Like you're really, not missing out because you're not out doing homeless ministry. Uh, right. Like the people that yes. you're feeding at home count as people being fed. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so- Oh boy. 
it was freeing to me. Oh man, did he get you good? Oh, he, I mean, I don't even want to open my over. legs right now because I just feel it like, <laughs> sorry guys, if you're moms, you, yeah, you get know this feeling where yeah. it's like sinking yeah. in between your it's legs. Like, I'm just going like, to let it soak first Ooh, before it gets underneath. <laughs> it, just, it is what it is. This is my life right now. But anyway, it was so freeing to me. One, freeing to me that I don't have to go around doing ministry work connected with the church, how we think of ministry work. Two, it was convicting of me when I wanted to be lazy and, you know, didn't want to put in the effort to serve my kids. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I hope you guys are blessed by this topic and like feel the freedom in knowing that wherever you are in life, even if, you, you know, if you're a single gal, you don't have to, like, be a missionary to, like, Somalia or something to, like, prove your, like, dedication or whatever. You just be faithful in your local church, you know? Yeah. And that is, because that's where you are and that's where God has placed you. And so that is your calling is to be faithful um, with what you have and where you are. Yeah, and, and if you're able to go and do that, that's cool. Right. But yeah. make sure you're serving those people that God has put directly in front of you first. Don't mm-hmm. think that you can neglect that for ages and then go work in a third world country. Yeah. And then you've checked the box. Right. And like, box. I've done my ministry. Right. And now I'm going to come back to real life and just ignore, like you're not ignoring God. You're not ignoring serving <clears throat> him as long as you keep on serving others. Right. Yeah. I, um, man, I, I heard someone say, and I forget who it was or when it was a while ago, that if you are eager to pack everything up and go to a different part of the world to share the gospel, you better be sharing the gospel with the people that you meet in the U.S. Mm Mm-hmm. Because our nation is godless. We mm-hmm. need missionaries here. We need yeah. people that are willing to open up and speak. But they, people, I think it's easier to, to, it might feel easier. It might actually be easier to go somewhere else where you're not going to have that pushback mm-hmm. and share the gospel there, but not do it here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's easy to get. I feel like just in the time that I've had kids, I used to share the gospel a lot because I did street evangelism for a really long time and homeless ministry and abolition stuff. And I feel like I'm so soft now (laughs) because I've been out of practice. Like you have to like get, you have to be in that, um, you have to be in the habit of being uncomfortable for it to start to feel less scary. Mm -hmm. And I'm like so far removed from it now because I've just been here with the kids. But I mean, I'm well, sharing, sharing the gospel, the gospel with in my a children, yes. and so I'm not saying like right. It's different. I'm just saying in general, if you're if you're tempted to think too that like the missionary work in particular needs to happen over here, mm-hmm. there's a huge, not even just like going on the street, but just people that you meet every day. Mm-hmm. Like if you feel like you need to share the gospel or you want to talk to people about Christ, and you feel like that's holy, like you can do that in the <laughs> grocery checkout, hand mm-hmm. a gospel tract to somebody. Or when you meet a mom at the park and you are able to talk to her for more than a few minutes, like mm-hmm. talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. I I need to do better at that. Yeah. I don't want to talk to anybody at the park. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody tries to talk to me, I'm like, no, I already have friends. Thank you. <laughs> so 
it's not good. Oh my gosh. I play nice. I talk to people, but I just, I'm like, no, I was trying to listen to podcasts. (laughs) You're interrupting my audio book. Yeah. All right. Well, that was really all I had about this topic. Um, But I was encouraged by the conversation that I had with this young, this young gal, all bright eyed and, you know, kind of confused and mixed messages that she was getting. And she was just like, you know, wow, thank you so much for sharing this. Like, I feel like so much better and everything you said just made sense. So I hope that you guys can take that away too and feel, I don't know, just encouraged that what you are doing wherever you are at, like you're in ministry already. And that's holy work. That is sacred because God has assigned it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it could be, people could see that as, oh, you're just telling me, okay, whatever I'm doing now, no matter what it is, it's enough. Like mm-hmm. I, in, in the sense that like you could be complacent. Oh yeah. But it's the opposite. It's that there's like all this room for growth right where you are. There's like mm-hmm. so much opportunity right. for you to increase in excellence and increase in the way you're imaging the Lord and increase in the way that you're serving and expand and grow and be challenged and all of that and that's really exciting Mm -hmm. because nothing's menial it takes the menial out of everything right yeah all right all right guys guy guys gals gals that was a big i thought it was a big combination of words um so go love god go love your husband go love your kids